0: The social reproduction of fascism within American politics lies solely with the maintenance and development of the gun. The gun is a man as an ideological force and as a tool, and those who have an affinity for them choose to have that affinity because it represents the male social politics within the context of the subjugation of women. It protects by way of destruction, force, and death. The protection (laughs) of guns (laughs) is inevitably tied to the connection of perceived male gender roles and its enforcement by way of controlling and safeguarding women. The protection of guns and the proliferation of gun control is to ensure that women are continually perceived as property under the influence of a male and enacted by murdering both women and children, the latter of which are connected to women. If the mother is giving, you know, life in this context, then the father, quote unquote, is taking away. Um, The right to have a gun is kind of the right to subjugate, control, and imbue women with this constant understanding that she's the property. And her very life will always run in the hands of a man, whether she is inside of her home or outside of it. A gun is a possession, but it forces and enforces possession. So guns are patriarchy and patriarchy is the gun. So if you find a man desperate to reaffirm his masculinity um, and a man desperate to protect it, they will both find solace in harming women materially, socially, financially, or sexually. And simultaneously both find solace in holding a pistol or imagining women on her knees or begging for mercy. And this way, guns are connected distinctively with the proliferation of pornography in many ways. They maintain this illusion of control and they sell and deliver fundamentally a fantasy where women have no agency for how they live or if they live at all. Guns are, you know, rabidly protected more so than a woman's life because they represent the phallic trophy of masculine domination and patriarchal control. to take away the gun, let alone ban it, would make the argument that patriarchal fascistic control is not an ideal standard by which we need to have a society.
1: Is the microphone on? (laughs) Hi, everybody. It's us again. Um, We're back. We're tired. We're We're sad. We're We're angry. We're a little freaked out. We're a little freaked out. All over the map emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I've been calling these the death days or the bad new days. Um, (laughs) Jesus (laughs) fucking Christ. (laughs) You know, uh, I haven't lost my sense of humor in spite of all these things, which is fine. Um, I'm nodding vigorously. You know, we're still out here. We're still trying to think in spite of ourselves. Um, So it's Kit. It's Aurora. It's Tylee. Basically, okay, so we know that mass shootings and misogyny are connected. Duh. We, you know, every time a mass shooting happens, this comes up.
2: No, you know what? I'm going to contradict you, Ty, because I don't think it's a duh for most. I think it does. I mean, we, I think probably if you're listening to this podcast, you also think it's a duh. Um, And it it feels obvious, but like, I, I have to say, I feel like I read coverage about mass shootings and the misogyny of the perpetrators is sort of uh, an, an addendum. It's never really what, what they're leading with. It's like leading with mental illness or um, leading with proximity to, gun- proximity to guns and availability of guns. And that, it, that is obviously a huge part of it. But I don't think it's mental illness. Like misogyny no. is not particularly a mental illness in this country. No, it's pretty normal.
0: I don't think misogyny is a mental illness anywhere. It's a propagated system that is like enforced and like strict enforcement. And I think that, um, guns and masculinity are basically at least in American politics, guns as represents the physical manifestation of maleness and masculine gender roles. And that's why it's so protected. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. And like, um, there was this interesting thing that I saw on, um, on the internet an NRA conference or something right, right after the, the Uvalde shooting and a woman went with a sign, uh, that was obviously like anti gun fetishist. And, uh, one of the men basically started making all these rape jokes at her and Maura Dunnigan, who's an amazing feminist, who's done some amazing work for feminism. Um, she made this great point that, like, you know, the 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 desire to like brandish a gun publicly is very similar to wanting to violate a woman sexually. It's all about this like penetration of public space, this kind of, um, you know, t- to uh, wear your dominance, your ability to dominate others on your sleeve. Like, rape culture and gun culture are fucking intrinsically bound together. Absolutely, it's it's a really important point to make I think it gets buried because it's it's so obvious just like a lot of misogyny it's so obvious and it's so present in everything that you don't see it
0: I'm gonna reiterate something I kind of wrote but like for me it's like guns are patriarchy and patriarchy is the gun like a man desperate to reaffirm his masculinity will do follow like find solace ultimately in harming women with that sexually financially emotionally or with ending her life right in some way so like in this way, you know, guns. I think are kind of connected to the proliferation of pornography in a lot of ways yes, because they both absolutely. maintain this illusion of control. And like for men or males, or it's to you know maintain this illusion of control that you can have this woman and deliver a fantasy of where you can control a woman and how she lives, you know, right. on absolutely. her knees begging, um, begging yeah. you for her life. Yeah, you
2: know? and and absolutely. I and I also want to add that I think the symbol of a gun. Is, is also uniquely American and it, there, it's no it, it, that's why all of these mass shootings are for the most part happening on American soil right. um the frontier manifest destiny Absolutely. the idea of, of uh, I mean really just imperialism and colonialization it's like the gun represents the cowboy who's taking matters into their own hands and the mythology of that really is is i it's the American mythology right, and 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 also built on slavery and built on domination um I, I it's 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 deeper than just like a gun being a little penis stand-in, you right. know like uh, but at the same time as ty said like it is that simple right i mean yeah. <laughs> it is that simple but but it's not about the penis it's it's about putting your will into somebody else. Right, this this um, And that like, being a, that, that that being the heroic thing to do. Sure. The individual's choice in a way. The male individual's choice to take matters into their own hands, literally. Exactly. And I'm wondering like because I think that the mass shooting is a settler
1: colonial thing for sure. Um, like I, I I I'm I'm curious about um like mass shootings in a state like Israel. I don't know much about anything outside of the United States, but I will research that and maybe we can dig into that at, um, at another time. Like settler colonial states, what are their relationships to mass shootings versus other, other nation states? Because it is different. I think that you're absolutely correct in your analysis of like domination of the land has a lot to do with the, the, the mass shooting and the gun and this type of terrorism, for sure, I, I I haven't thought about it that much, but I think you're onto something there.
2: The two like the two mass shootings that didn't happen on American soil that come to mind were the mosque killings in in New Zealand, and then the, right. the one in Norway at, at like socialist children's camp. But oh, uh, honestly, anti-communism and right. <laughs> However, the internet. I mean, all of these mass shooters connect in community over the internet, and they're all influenced by each other and the ones like the this the, the, the Bernardino one in California. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So trying right. to avoid using the shooters' names. Right. Because that is part of the problem. The one in Celebrity like in Del Vista in, in California yeah. inspired a lot of them. And that was like really the first like incel manifesto mass shooting. Elliot um, Roger, yeah. Yeah. Elliot but Roger. you know, it is I think the internet has <laughs> It made them slightly borderless, if you will.
0: This particular issue with gun violence, while also being international, does seem to have a very, very Americanized slant. Whereas, like, you know, in some other countries, like, guns have represented liberation for an oppressed people. Right. And it is the exact opposite in America. Yeah. And what does that represent? And I think the social reproduction of fascism in America is, you know not only expedited by like the internet and the usage of the internet but also like you know the protection of the gun also like expedites this social reproduction of fascism as like a norm that should be enforced right absolutely and yeah. even
1: the the second amendment um that entire you know what what american gun right hinges on is private property so it's an anti-communist doctrine, <laughs> you know. Right, one hundred percent anti-Marxist. American gun fetishism is anti-communist. It's
2: about protecting your private property Which in a women culture where your property includes women and children.
1: And yeah. so then you go and you kill them when when to express your power over your private property. It makes sense that these alienated men kill women and children because that's your property and you have to assert your dominance with the gun, right? And it all has to do with private property, the gun, American gun fetishism, settler colonialism. And at the core of all of this, I think, is is woman-hating, is misogyny, is what really fo- is the glue that holds it all together. And it's so metaphysically almost perfect that you can't see it, right? That's McKinnon's big point. It's right. like male dominance is so metaphysically tight that that unless you have a feminist consciousness it doesn't appear to you because it's so fucking uh, omnipresent.
0: Mm. It's like
1: in yeah. everything. But, um, you know, th- there's interesting arguments being had on the left about how do we deal with guns because uh, you know, as Aurora, a great point that Aurora just made, depending on, you know, the gun is, is an object. Uh, just like any of these objects obviously it has the power to kill somebody, but so does a knife, right? Or so many of these I mean, other so things. So does a rain
2: stick if you exactly. use it properly, but
1: the gun in the context, <laughs> That's not how you properly use a rain stick, a gun has can mean many different things, you know? So in the hands of an oppressed group, um, and, and, and Taryn actually brought up this. She showed me this image of a, I think it was a Cuban, a young Cuban girl with a gun, and it's so, like, uh, it's not male gazy. It's like, uh, a, a, she's like in a field. She's smiling with a yeah, gun. Yeah, yeah. And she's smiling with a gun. It, it's yeah. almost like she's holding, like, a shovel or something. It's, like, so not a misogynistic fetish object. Whereas, if you look at the way that the gun is dealt with in American visual media, it's so phallic. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. It's El Salvador. It's not, it's not human, but, uh, we can link to that in the,
2: I mean, but I hate to say it though. I mean, there is something empowering about being from an oppressed group and, and having that firepower. Right. I mean, something about that is appealing to me. Like I've shot shot shotguns with my father because I'm like, I want to know how to, how to do this. Um, like there is, like, I would be lying if I said it didn't It didn't feel a a little empowering to hold a gun. It also felt really scary because it's like an accident can kill somebody.
1: Right. I mean, you're holding something with the power to kill, you know.
2: But why? But for example, you know, that reminds me of cars. I mean, anytime you're driving a car, you have that capacity as well. Americans also love cars. <laughs> we do. Probably it's
0: some of this is probably related to <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: like the ultra individualism and the car and the gun all connected. Absolutely. Americans are obsessed with this shit.
2: But I mean but but there is but the gun violence is more of an academic, I mean epidemic than um car violence, for example. Sure. I guess it's more uh it's more classically heroic.
1: Right, sure. And it's about control you know the the gun is about
2: yeah you can you think aiming, you can control it more. aiming
1: and like shooting at your target it's very it's phallic it's a
0: fucking phallic fetish object it 100 is it and totally you know is. the gun is about like it's about control but it's also about protection yeah which i absolutely. find it like i feel like that's what's such an interesting dynamic about the gun as like a representative object i think that you know when people are like the NRA or when legislation goes so hard to protect guns, what they're not, they're protecting guns as an object. Yes. But what they're pro- protecting is what it represents. Absolutely. And, like it represents Absolutely. control. It represents protection and it re- represents, you know, your property, protecting yeah. your property, women included right. with that property. Right. right.
2: They're like weaponizing the idea of protection. Yeah. It's, it's basically the, the, the way the right has been, you know, gaslighting, uh, everybody or forever um in in the like well we're threatened it's the great replacement theory we're, we're weaponizing victimhood when you when you are the oppressor and I think that's what's so disturbing and 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 confusing for so many people
1: no totally and the great re- great replacement theory is a really good point to bring up because it brings up an interesting intersection of misogyny and racism uh, that is kind of hard to unpack because the white woman plays an interesting role in this specific type of misogyny Mm -hmm. because you can't let white women off the hook for their racism but you also can't say that white women don't have a stake in feminist organizing against this stuff because because i think if there's a tendency on the left to not view misogyny and sexism as structural meaning it affects all women so we'll say, you know, we add, we add sexism on as like a, a suffix to other things like, oh, well, you're this, this and this. And then also she's a woman as like a bonus, you know, like, but not viewing sexism as something in and of itself that is a structural reality that permeates through everything. So when we think about something like Great Replacement Theory, it's a white supremacist doctrine But it's also fundamentally misogynistic. Now, white women historically have done... It's a patriarchal bargain that they're making. Are you going to agree to be broodmare? This is a great thing that Andrea Dworkin points out in Right-Wing Women. Are you going to make this patriarchal bargain to be broodmare? To maintain this kind of status through your whiteness, but also through your subjugation as a woman? That's the bargain, right? You choose your whiteness, but you have to be subjugated as a broodmare for the white patriarchal family. But that's still a form of subjugation. Or, you know, do you do you choose the can you answer like to a feminist universalist feminist
2: question? Right. It's really fascinating. A lot of the xenophobia of white supremacy also encompasses this idea of reproductive control. Over women, yeah, and and totally. and and white women are at the top of that, you know, pyramid, if you will. But they're still, they're at the top of it for women, right? Exactly. Women. And there is still subjugation, subjugation at play. But I, no. not defending. No, it's not, not defending, not defending it. It's <sighs> just it's
1: not defending it. It's analyzing
0: it, right? Um. And then you get people who like you know take it to a logical extreme, and then they're just like, "So you think the Queen of England experiences misogyny?" <laughs> and it's just like, "That's not like what are you talking about?" It's just like, <laughs> it, you know, it's like you can an- an- analyze stuff under. You could analyze anything under, and you sh- people more people should analyze sociological relations under a feminist context. And I think the reason that we're in the situation that we're in is because people refuse to analyze situations that make them even slightly uncomfortable under a feminist analysis, which also makes them uncomfortable. So then you get these like really, really weird, like, I don't know, confusing, I don't know, conclusions that people make. And like those conclusions that people make eventually lead them to just like denying that feminism is like denying feminism is needed and denying that like women are subjugated exactly because um, exactly. if you can like the most detestable woman around like still experiences some form of misogyny because we live in a patriarchal society that's just the fact of the matter it doesn't right. matter how detestable they actually are it's just like you know it's still a system that's put, we're living in a you know white supremacist patriarchy so you know even the most detestable person of color is influenced by white supremacy is affected by that and the most detestable woman is also affected by misogyny that's exactly. just the basic feminist analysis and if you have to de- if you deny that you're basically denying that women are subjugated exactly which is you know wrong
1: <laughs> exactly and like um what i love about andrea dorkin's right-wing women is she's trying to she's asking herself like Can feminism even uh, live up to the demands that it's asking, given that women are so, particularly white women, are so, um, just at every instance, are ready to 100% participate in their own subjugation? uh, Can feminism even answer to itself? I mean, people misread Dworkin in in this insane way of her defending, you know, people fucking tar and feather her in every single way. But like what she's really asking, it's a very self-critical question. She's like, given the, the existence of these right wing women who uphold patriarchy in a way through their relationship to the nuclear family and particularly through race, can feminism even answer to itself? Like, can we do this? And why do women do this? And how do we work through that? I mean, it's an important question to ask.
2: May I quote the article you sent us, Ty?
1: Yeah, which one? The Robin Monasco one? Reconsidering the Sexual Politics of Fascism is the article. It's awesome. We'll link it.
2: Um, okay, so she, um, yeah, we'll link it. So she is quoting the Marxist feminist Maria Ant- Antonetta Um, um And I, I think I pronounced that right. I'm just pretending I'm at Italian. I'm at an Italian restaurant, Kid Tryna, is trying to try literally Italian. I am not. <laughs> Kid no, you're I'm not. <laughs> 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 uh, what well, the most Italian name in the world? I, I don't sound like I like came straight off a boat, ready to work in a mill. <laughs> um, truly. Um, so this is the quote for Macchio Macchiocci, I'm sorry for the inflection I gave that. For Maciocci, a critical theory of fascism had to begin with the distinctive form of female anti-feminism bred by male supremacy. She challenged the old left for its failure to take sex seriously as a site of domination and struggle, and she insisted that anti-fascist theory and practice become feminist theory and practice, which is to say that it comprehends and combat the sexual politics of the right, as well as the fascistic tendencies of the left.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Oof, very well said. Very well said. Right,
1: and it's really true. Like, I. Um, I mean, I think
2: that's our that's our main project is to uh, the, the the four of us here is to and our and our group is to c- connect all of these struggles for liberation and a- around the central like axis of of the 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 struggle for for a feminist personhood. Yeah, 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 sure. That that is that is the link. I mean, they're all every everything is interconnected in so many ways, but this connectedness is very much glossed over. I mean, for example, whenever I read about these shooters, I feel like none of the articles are like, "Oh yeah, they're all mostly male." And by mostly, I mean they're all men. Yeah. yeah. They they are. I mean, I, name one female mass shooter. I think there's been two or three. Like why is that not it, its own its own whole article? And yeah, you say like, "Oh, David Brooks said something like, what makes a mass shooter?" But he was like, "He or she." This is what it's like to be for he or she who is alienated from society. And it that is such a surface Take, it's fucking bullshit. It's almost—it's almost like that neoliberal, like, oh, it could be anybody. I'm—I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm open-minded. It could be anybody. It's not a materialist take.
1: It's doing like colorblindness, but with gender.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When it's so obvious, and um, in I was reading another study that uh, it's like over two thirds of femicides in the United States are with a gun. So, like, there's just so many obvious indicators of, like, and that all the mass shooters are mostly male. And out of that percentage of mass shooters, the biggest, um, the biggest, uh, like, warning sign of a mass shooter is, like, intense history of domestic violence So it's just so obvious that this is gendered violence. Or or
2: vitriolic, um, anti-feminist, anti-woman rhetoric online, um, killing animals or children, which are associated with women in the home. But like 86% of mass shooters have
1: a documented history of domestic violence. Now we already know how much domestic violence goes untalked about. So the fact that 86%
2: given that that's got to be the same percentage for the police force.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. I, w- I was going to s- bring up the There's police a connection
2: force, so there. Yeah. There's a connection there too, because the police
1: in the United States, I don't know stats everywhere else. I'm sure they're not any better, but in the U S 40% of police have a history or, or, or you know, some kind of documented um, history of domestic violence. Again, w- knowing what we know about how underreported and, uh, you know that violence against women is not seen as a crime most of the time
2: because it forty because it happens in the private realm, right that is the realm of the family. Right.
1: I mean fascism begins in the home, right?
2: Well, I just think it's such an important link to make in that these the mass shooters, if they're not if they're not targeting women specifically, they're targeting children which exist in the home, or they' it's a xenophobic attack killing black people or hispanic people or asian people and that is connected to the great replacement theory which is in itself connected deeply connected to controlling women's reproductive rights specifically white women have white children yeah and the rest uh don't have children are are sterilized really right they're hand in they're all hand in hand and i think connecting xenophobia with and, and racism with a desire for controlling reproduction women's reproduction is just that that's that that's that that link i don't think is is made publicly no
0: no it's not they're yeah. they're kind of
2: treated separately
0: or i think that link is like actively avoided yeah know, carefully avoided The man
1: who, sh- who shot Judge Esther Salas' family, on a, um, he was a part of these men's rights activist websites. And something that he said is uh, the future prospect of the men's movement raising enough money to exercise some influence in America is unlikely. But there is one remaining source of power, which men have a near monopoly, firearms. They'll tell you exactly what you just said
2: from their perspective
1: i mean you're absolutely right
2: uh I think Aurora you hit on something really important too that a, um an individual um a, a man a male individual who feels powerless will sort of fall back on subjugating a woman in order to feel strong again or in this case even um w- we read um, an article, like an every town article, Ty mm. sent us before we recorded this podcast, um, and there was a kind of an anecdote in it about a man in a in a mall in Minnesota, and he threw a five year old over a railing, um, and he this child did survive. Christina I mean, Una Lee. Uh, yes, and Christina Unali, yes, um, in in that like a. A disadvantaged man will kind of fall back on subjugating women or you know a child who represents the home and women it, that's like the that's the way you can try to regain your idea of control and even even if you're disadvantaged by race and class it, it, it's still that that's you still fall back on violence against women that's like the final. <laughs> You'll always have that as a man, no matter in this society, no matter how much money you have, no matter how white you are, like even if you are powerless in all the ways that you can be, you will still harm women, like at its root. I don't know, right? I didn't say that articulately. No, 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 you did. It's confit. It's confusing because you know uh, people can be disadvantaged, like with Christina Lee's murder. She was killed by a, a homeless man who had nothing who lived on bowery but even he felt like he could own this person this woman and she's asian-american which also which is like classically um fetishized like in this society too as as an objectified as being a sexual object right and it's like even a homeless man felt like he could subjugate That, that that's still open to you
0: The right to the right to subjugate a woman, regardless of your status, is kind of one of the most protected rights in the world.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And it it exists everywhere. Catherine McKinnon makes a great point about this. Love Catherine McKinnon. I will always reference her. Um, But but she says um, to anyone who doubts the kind of universality of patriarchy, she's like, look, I'd be willing I'd be willing to be proven wrong. Just point to me on a map somewhere where women are not completely subjugated by men. Where? She's like, show me. I would be happy to change my analysis. She's like, I wish that what I'm saying wasn't true. But po- point to me. One place right now where the, the reality is different than what I'm saying. And no one can do it.
2: Well, I think, <laughs> I think any societies that were remotely egalitarian were obliterated. Right. Like Like, a long, like years ago.
1: And the closest you do get in um, communists, I am a communist, you know, we make a great claim that you know the the closest that we've been to any kind of women's liberation has been through communism. But even then, it's completely uh, that can shift at any second. It has never been like the fundamental like focal point of the organizing, like if you take the USSR, Stalin abortion ban. You know what I'm saying? Uh, The women's movement was kind of just like a footnote. It wasn't the center of it. And then when it wasn't politically expedient to have women be liberated in scare quotes, they took that away. So, you know, even even within the context of these liberation movements, um, it still wasn't enough because it wasn't explicitly
2: feminist. And I feel like even in liberation movements, there's a drive to control politics. reproduction and population
1: of course and and uh, women's reproductive labor and calling it women's labor right
2: (laughs) i mean i like the first thing i'm thinking of is like you know like the hasidic jewish population in new york city like subjugated group of people 100 percent. are they subjugating the women within the community absolutely to an insane degree and it's to get back the population lost which? What? Was there mass murder? Yes. Right. Was Population lost? Yes.
1: Does that mean? But you we're still going to control women? women. No, it's insane. So this ties into everything we've just been talking about, um, and guns and and um, and everything Aurora just said. I want to tie this in with. A fact, actually, that uh, is repeatedly glossed over. So, the Uvalde shooter was super online. Uh, I don't know if he's technically an incel, but an incel. Um, he was sending death threats and rape threats to multiple teenage girls. Yes. And they all reported him. A lot of them reported him. I, not all. I don't know if it was all. But a number of the girls that he had sent these things to did report him and no one listened to them because they're girls. And, uh, he went on to mass murder these children. right. And so I think that this is like a very illuminating structural criticism can be made here because like one, he was a misogynist. He was motivated by misogyny. Um, and he acted on this misogyny in his life, right? Then you have the structural misogyny of these young girls not being listened to, right? It's like the perfect storm that is so obviously so many levels of this woman hating. You know, you have the mass shooter who who hates women, tried to kill his grandmother first. He also sent these death threats and rape threats to these young girls who weren't listened to, and then in the media, right. you or had they weren't taken seriously. Exactly. Then you had people in the media kind of blaming them, too. Being like, if you would have taken it more seriously, what he had said to you, maybe we would have taken you more seriously. And then he wouldn't have killed those children. There was this blame. There was also blame put on his mother and his grandmother. Uh, and so there's a way to see all of these things as disparate unfortunate circumstances but i think the argument that we're trying to make is that all of these things create a a political regime of male supremacy or the supremacy of men
0: they're not rebelling against a system they are enforcing it in exactly. a very loud and obvious way exactly right
1: exactly right and everything around them is enabling them uh in every way through this anti-feminism.
2: But I do, I feel like in this, in in our culture right now, I feel like, (laughs) I read this David Brooks article in the New York Times and I just pulled it up and it, it it was disturbing to me because his main thesis is that these are alienated people that if we were kinder to them, (laughs) they wouldn't do what they do. Um, let me, let me read a quote. Um, Please fucking do. Uh, okay. The common thing to say about mass shooters is that they have mental health issues. We disagree, but we'll, That's a, we'll talk about that later. The common <laughs> thing to say about mass shooters is that they have mental health issues, but that's often misleading. This has been studied in a variety of ways. Majority of mass shooters do not have diagnosed mental illness. It's mostly the circumstances that drive them to do what they do not an underlying disease and then he quotes george bernard shaw the worst sin towards our fellow creatures is not to hate them but to be indifferent to them that's that's the essence of inhumanity
0: okay. like i don't know the amount of apology apologism really gets me because to me it proves my kind of like subconscious or like you know immediate thought that like The people, some of the people, at least some percentage of the people, some percentage of the men who are outraged by this are not outraged by the death, they're outraged by the publicness of the subjugation. Yeah. They're more upset that like, how could you be so loud about it and obnoxious about it? We keep that kind of like putting women and children in their place in our households. We don't do that outside. Yeah. And that's what they're more upset about than they are about, like, you know, and I think that's where some degree, at least subconsciously, where the apologism were like, well, maybe if you just had more hugs and friends like no not at, like this is like I'm a clearly enforced
2: never mind no 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 you're no, absolutely no. right it, it, it's it's it, I get angry I get angry about this too because it's like yeah obviously we're all human beings like these young men are upset they're 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 suffering but but it just completely glosses over the suffering of the people they killed like <laughs> Boy, that's it. that's more suffering that's that I'm sorry I don't like to you know I'm not like aii do not I don't, I'm not one of those people who wants to, you know, no, no matter how much you've suffered, I've suffered more. That's not the vibe. It's, it's a material reality.
1: Well, well, the fucking argument that you would make, I mean, these arguments of like, think of the, think of the alienation of the mass shooter. That's an MRA argument. It's a male supremacist argument. The, think of the fucking feelings of the person who did the mass killing Right. Before think you of the feelings of anyone else. Think
2: of the feelings of it's the MRA. unborn fetus. Exactly. Think of the feelings of the unborn fetus, it's and it's like, no. What about the actual human being? Women, the human beings who are being killed, the well, children at Uvalde, the women who die trying to get abortions. The, exactly. That is real. That's that is suffering, and, right. and, and and that does trump it. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. Why is it not considered at
0: all? Or the idea of women as an object is just like so permeated between in in our patriarchal society that women, like it's literally hard to think about for a lot of people the emotions of the people who were living in terror as they got killed right. um, you know it's easier to sympathize with the male killer like a, like you know what would drive him them to do such a horrible thing you know, because you can see them as a human, and you don't right. see the women or the children as humans, merely exactly. objects like bowling balls that got knocked exactly. over. Exactly, right. right. it, it ties elevates, into yeah,
2: it elevates like the the shooter's existential dread into you know an our problem. Like, oh, we we should have done something to help them. They're it's obviously so upset. So I mean, and it's, it's also literally- like it's also the universalism of. Of the the male universalism that just right. permeates it, 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 the false universalism that permeates for me, like any writing about it, any any writing about mass shootings, like David Brooks is is basically. So he this is another paragraph he said he says they craft a narrative in which they are the hero, the world is evil, and they will stand up to the world, or the world is in catastrophic da- danger. Hilariously gender neutral. The blacks, Jews, women are destroying us and they will strike back. So he's taking, destroying us, the universal us, white men.
0: Right, like, and it just sounds like he's doing, like, he thinks he's doing, like, an Andrea Dworkin right wing woman, but all he's doing is like defending MRAs. Like, yeah, just, exactly. like it's Like, this doesn't it, sound the way you think it does. It, no, like, exactly. Totally he's MRA. saying we
2: all have the capacity to be to be angry at the Jews, blacks, <laughs> and women. It's like actually, no,
0: no, I, no I'm not, and I feel great. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: actually, that is all us, and you're describing a, a, a sliver of the population. <laughs>
1: Something like that. The way that we talk about this stuff, it depoliticizes the violence that's happening. Yeah,
2: exactly. And it's really
1: not helpful in an analytical sense if you're trying to understand why it's happening. And it's actually very similar. Like the way that we talk about mass shootings is honestly similar to the way that we talk about rape, domestic violence, intimate partner violence, Uh, you know we talk about it as these isolated, unfortunate incidents by these unfortunately sad, alienated people, Uh, these individual people that are, you know, uh, unfortunate circumstance, you know, we left them behind, you know, and we do this with rapists all the time, you know, uh, well, well, he was so alienated. Can't you sympathize that? Yeah, there was a grave injustice done, but he did that because he was, he felt bad. You know, on an individual level, all of these, all of these different things. And and it ties into not viewing this violence as systemic violence, not viewing these things as gendered. I mean, that whole fucking thing you just read is literally the most gender-neutral right. Which, gender neutral thing. He briefly mentioned neutral is
2: honestly not even neutral. It's, of course it's, not.
1: Gender neutral is like colorblind. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's exactly. fucking bullshit you know, of course we know we're not race realists and we're not gender realists. We know that these things are social constructs, but in order to get rid of them, you have to name them for what they are. But a lot of times, people uh, will try to kind of put the cart before the horse a little bit and and be like, well, I'm trying to be, you know, a sympathetic you know, uh, ear, a charitable ear, a charitable voice, and recognize that these acts of violence can be done by anyone, blah, 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 this whole thing. But it ignores the systemic aspect of them that, like... And the consistency of it. Exactly. It's it's just, like, so proven in what is going on to such an insane degree that to ignore it is politically irresponsible.
2: Is my right. Opinion. I mean, right. And, and shift this conversation into deconstructing not what made this individual, like, lose control... Shit. Let's shift the conversation to what are these systemic forces that are creating a ba- like a, f- a phalanx of of male misogynist uh, soldiers,
1: right? And and uh, we tend to think of women's oppression, uh, and women's exploitation as, or rather, let me let me reframe that. We think of the men who dominate women as individual bad actors. We always frame it this way. We
2: have right. That's why we don't like the mental health. Exactly you know, right
1: because one, it does title. it does the double fucking duty of stigmatizing people who have mental health issues. I'm bipolar. I've never shot up a school. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like would never do that. So you do the double duty of stigmatize. It's ableist and it's also glossing over the systemic structural <laughs> aspect of the thing. So, but 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 we you know we individualize misogyny. It's, it's a men.
0: very it's a very American thing to do this individualistic, and rather than focusing on the systemic, right? I, I want to say, mm-hmm.
2: like, yeah, yeah, big time, big time, and that connects to the conversation we've been having about guns. Again, it's like it's on you, the individual, to both take matters into your own hands, mm-hmm. but also like control, like you know, control yourself, and and it's your problem right, exactly. if you're if you're stigmatized but but really there's also no like infrastructure there's no a like, community infrastructure that exists to help people who feel alienated because that is a that is a real thing i'm not saying that that's not a real problem but we don't like rehabilitate these individuals and by rehabilitate i'm not saying hey nancy why don't you go ask out that kid in the corner ask who 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 makes like really awful remarks to you every tuesday in math class go ask him out not that it's like there should be therapy for people who hate other people let's help them unlearn that but that would be the society you know seeing itself for what it is so that's right. not happening
0: and i i really want to go back to what you said earlier in this conversation when you were talking about um Like the the idea of a cowboy, I think one of the reasons like there's so much mass shooting going on, but like one of the things that happens about it is just like the idea of like a hero or a villain, this kind of polarity in American society is like definitely one aspect that like makes these shootings a little bit more like a deeply patriarchal value. It's like patriarchal and individualistic. Like, you know, you're shooting people, but you're also still like, I guess, you know, you get to be on TV or something, so you're yeah. idolized in that yeah, way. You're totally. memorialized in that way. You're immortalized in that way, and that's still the individualistic idea of like the hero or the villain. And no, way. that's
1: right. That movie, Badlands. You know yeah. the movie, Badlands. Yes, yes. Uh, the whole ending of it. So, what, who the fuck is the main
2: actor? Martin Sheen and Martin Sissy Spacek.
1: Martin Sheen. Um, you know, there's this whole uh, Flannery O'Connor shooting the shooting the dad. It's very Freudian, actually. And it was made by Terrence Malick, who was a Heideggerian. Anyway, besides the point, the way that it ends, there was like this this like familial murder that happened. And then it picks up steam and he becomes this like rugged American cowboy. And so then the, yeah, the end- lead
2: character has a girlfriend. I believe he kills her parents the
1: dad the mom is already dead i think yeah. no 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 yeah the mom is already dead he be kills honest. only the dad
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and then yeah they they the the couple kind of spirits away and i actually think the mythology is that it's romantic right i mean
1: well it's it's like three parts the th- the, the center part is like this romanticism of it but it does an interesting turn in the third part where the killer becomes he should be shamed for what he has done but he becomes this um like rugged individualist hero and all of the he gets like taken away like they have to like land a plane or something to get him sorry i'm pulling just remember. we did
2: not rewatch the movie no, no, before no. we I, started talking about no it. <laughs> i literally just what
1: you said just inspired me i just thought of it but it's an interesting comment on like he um all of the prison guards and all of the people that are supposed to be taking him away, instead of, like, disciplining him, are all like, you're an American hero, you're such a badass motherfucker, blah, 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 all this shit. It's totally about, like, white supremacy and the gun and the family. Holy shit, I have... And, oh my god, the whole first act of the movie, also, too, Terrence Malick does all of these shots of, um, like, brutalization of animals it's a Ooh, film about patriarchy I want to see it, really yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And it's and called Siss- Badlands.
2: Anne Sissy Spacek is I think I mean it kind of connects to when we what we were talking about earlier about how she is she's a white woman who is not just swept up in does she have she's not just swept up in this. Does she really have a choice but to go with the man who's just killed her family?
1: But she's also a young virgin, too.
2: Exactly. Well, what like I'm saying is that she ha- what I'm saying is that she actually has no choice. Yeah. And whereas she is with him, she is also still his victim. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now it's, we're not, like we're talking about like Western movies that have like some kind of feminist context. Now now I wanna talk about the searchers, but I'm not gonna do that. But also like the searchers also has a similar theme to that.
1: We should watch that and talk about that on another episode. And we, we should do a
0: film. We, we haven't even talked
2: about film. Mormonism yet.
1: <laughs>
2: Mormons don't get
1: enough shit.
2: I'm sorry. Well, I think that culturally they're having a moment right now in, in which you know, like Under the Banner of Heaven has just come out and that documentary on Netflix Keep sweet. I think people are finally connecting the dots between the, um, the misogyny that's inherent in that religion and, and that it is also a uniquely American religion. It's basically American frontier evangelical Christianity with new prophets and all the prophets are like named Josh.
1: How do they? How do they feel about guns in that culture? I'm curious. I don't know much about Mormons. Oh, they're—they're. They're, I mean, they're
2: pro gun. I mean, there was. I. I mean, the Mormons also have kind of a, a victim complex in yeah. that historically they were also subjugated, and then they're t- put it taking it You've, back in their ties, hands,
0: like you know, apparently you know that kind of their commune and essentially like yeah. and i, so if like I know mecca? it's like a mecca and if i if, as far as i know like statistically like utah is like one of the safest places in the country but i don't know what the mormon relationship is with guns they
2: were i mean mormons were expelled from i want to say missouri and they did settle in utah and they did massacre native americans to do so with guns Okay, so and and love their guns. and part of the re- part of the religion is the subjugation of women, and that of course. polygamy polygamy is now not associated with modern day Mormonism. Also,
0: a, a very historically racist religion. Like oh, I yeah. mean, like they were they yeah. straight up said dark skin was evil biblically. Like yeah,
1: like, uh-huh. it's explicitly libertarian white supremacist yeah. doctrine, right? For and, sure,
2: and there there it's no longer. uh really uh accepted to be um polygamist although polygamist communities exist in utah and they're just it's sort of a don't ask don't tell policy that's horrific Um, but there is also still the idea in a modern mormon household that the priesthood holder of the family is the man and he's the person who makes the decision so it is it's inherently they're all if it's xenophobic fucking misogynist too
1: how do we begin to see male supremacy? And I don't, I I want to um, preface that by saying, I say male, not out of like a biological maleness. I mean, like men as a group has nothing to do with genitalia per se, or some biological imperative. It's not an essentialist argument, um, but it's about the dominance of men over women. So, you know, we, have begun to see white supremacy politically, right? As a systemic reality. This is important, especially in this country, across the world, but especially in a settler colonial nation. Uh, We've begun to see white supremacy as a systemic reality, Uh, but not so with men over women, male supremacy. And... I'm just wondering what everyone's thoughts are here about, you know, why male dominance is treated with such individualism to such a degree. And, uh, why is it so hard to think of sexism politically and systemically and, and, uh, the ramifications of that for our politics. And, and you can, rant on that as much as you want, but but I think it's an interesting philosophical question
2: um, because I think it is obviously a problem. For me, my first thought, and it's interesting that you preface this with being like, this is not a bioessentialist argument. I think the propaganda that this kind of hierarchy is natural, I think that propaganda has really permeated the souls of western culture um and i even i I only recently unlearned it myself um i feel like for a long time i was always like oh why does this why does all of this like violence against women happen it it must be due to the biological differences it was just the only thing i could kind of grasp at of like why why does this happen It, it was just like sort of a type of brute upper body strength translated into a a sort of mental uh, intelligence a long, long time ago. And it's just, we're still struggling with that legacy of it, you know? I mean, that, that was sort of a, like, the only sort of explanation I could come up with for a long time. And then I think that descends into trans exclusionary rhetoric pretty quickly um so i don't think that that is (laughs) that's it but i think that that mechanism of like believing it to have natural roots
1: when we don't view gender as a hierarchy we kind of result to these biological explanations right because it's just
0: like oh well men are just naturally bigger i totally agree i think it's like i think the scope And the idea of just saying 50% of the population is monumentally oppressed is just too much of a concept for most people to want to think about or even, like, not enough to understand, but, like, too much to even think about it. Like, that is overwhelming. I think it's a lot easier for people to identify other systemic sources of oppression much more easily because it affects, like, much in their, in a perceived understanding, much smaller percentages of the population right? Um, so that that's easier to understand, that's easier to be like, we can solve this and like, you know, a small percentage of the population will be liberated rather than thinking about something like feminism, which requires so much consciousness raising so many people, so many women, you know, uniting regardless of culture and understanding or class structure. And it just seems to be insurmountable to most. And I think it's easier to just dismiss it entirely or act like it's not or act like other forms of impression are more important right
2: yeah i also i also do think that like first wave white feminism did do a lot of damage and i think a lot a lot of women if not most felt really left behind by it um and and not counted and not considered and i think that's completely valid and i understand sort of the reticence to to believe that feminism won't do that again
1: right and there's a there's a there's like a similar art like a similar criticism of Marxism that's important of like you know Marx Marx in his time writing in his time was talking about a certain industrial white worker um and there's been so much Marxist theory after that that has disrupted this idea but with an understanding that Marxism is absolutely necessary for liberation. But it has to be critiqued thoroughly from, like, within itself. And that same thing has happened to feminism, too, right? Like, you know, you had this, uh... a real consciousness of women as, like, a historically oppressed group emerge. Um... And this emergence was everywhere, but it really became like, um, theoretically codified within white middle-class women through the history of especially 20th century feminism. We've had to constantly critique feminism. So we're not positioning white women as the only woman, you know, and also questioning what white women do and white women are and, and this, that, and the other.
0: Um, And I think when you talk about oppression, I think it also kind of ties into like the concept of like right wing women in the sense of like the word oppression. Um, Some people not having a strong understanding of like what oppression actually means in a systemic structure. They Mm -hmm. think like you're saying, oh, you're oppressed as a woman. They're thinking like, oh, you think I'm a charity case? Like, no, I am very strong i am very like you know i have my shit together i'm not like some charity case you feel bad for because you know i'm so oppressed they like you know reject the concept of oppression at all um to their detriment because they view that as like i feel sorry for you because you're weak i think can be an understanding of it or an interpretation
2: because we live in an individualist society where uh, you know a failure is it's it's personal and it's because you weren't strong enough it's the cow it's the cowboy mentality yeah i mean i think what should what should we call this episode cowboys are bad and done they've done bad <laughs> things yeah um, no but that's a huge point aurora i think in that like i i i, I also feel like there's this push against Like, I know women being like, no, 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 it's not. It's not because I'm a woman that I'm getting this pushback. It's every other other thing. Right. And I understand wanting to be like, no, I'm not just this like really base. I I am more than than that. It's Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to I don't want to let myself be reduced.
0: That's when the consciousness raising really begins because it's just like. I feel this way and other girls and women also feel this way and we're all feeling this way. Why are we all feeling this way? And that's the first step, but that doesn't happen when you're a woman in the home and the first thing you hear about feminism is just like, you know, these women are all, they feel so bad for themselves and I'm not like them. And it's just like this kind of internalizing of like, not like most girls that really, really is like the ultimate cancer to feminism um because it keeps you entrenched in male male dominance and male supremacy to think I'm I'm not like that at all. Like Right. right. Exactly. And I mean and
2: that ties in Ashley Babbitt, who this article um, sort of starts with um who who wrote this article again, Ty? I've had a long day. Robin Renosca. Robin Ronaska. Um, <laughs> uh, she brings up Ashley Babbitt because Ashley Babbitt, who was killed in the January sixth um, insurrection, she was storming the Capitol. She was shot by a Capitol police officer. And um she was like had been in the army. She was that classic like guys, girl. Like I'm one of the guys. Yeah. You know, I'm one of the guys. I'm and and the I'm cool girl. I'm I'm a, I'm not like the other girls. I'm different. I'm like you, the universal male who can just be a human being. Yeah. Um I'm I'm not just a girl. I'm 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 a like person. I'm a person aka like one of you aka I'm masculine. Yes. And um and that's sort of like why why do women uh, agree to their own subjugation and this is sort of like a new level of right-wing women is the 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 woman who is free to be like a white man basically.
0: It can be hard to articulate that or understand that but like the easier thing to understand is like I want to be treated the way a man would be treated where I'm not put under these various subjugations and treated like I'm not actually a person.
2: Right. And then, so then they become collaborators essentially yeah. with the, with the regime. Yeah. And which they is like, you know, which is a good way to uphold the supremacy. Oh yeah. All baby. According,
1: all
0: according to the plan.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, I'll, I guess I'll close it on this. Like, Uh, and we can talk about this more in the next episode, but, uh, you know, fascism and I think an argument that both Dworkin makes, you know, a lot of theorists make is fascism is sexual. It has to do with sexuality, with women, the subjugation of women, but also that um, fascism depends on women buying into it as well. Uh, In order to subjugate an entire 50% of the population, you don't just do that through brute force you also have to kind of sell them on it and it's not th- because women are stupid you know people are making bargains with fascism that's what ashley babbitt did that's what people like um fuck uh who are some who are some prominent women fascists uh Marine Le Pen. Marine Le Pen. You know, it's all. She's making a bargain with the father. You know, it's all about these patriarchal bargains that people make. Because, as Robin Minosco says in that paper, um, it's better to have some kind of secondary status than no status at all. So it's all about these these bargains that are made. Yeah, and about
2: seeing sex as an instrumental element of fascism. Right, which will bring us back to our initial point in that we want to we want to make the claim that these male mass shooters, that this instinct that they have, um the root of it is 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 sex and the domination of one sex over the other. yeah, maybe I'm using sex in, incorrectly, terminology no, 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 wise, I, think but, you, I don't you think know, you know are. because we on this program here in this program. I just—it's it, important We're not. to state that we, the trans women are women and trans men yeah, are yeah, men. This yeah. is not a biological statement, right? By, it, it, and the and, terms are used interchangeably. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. exactly. I just—that has to be said. Yeah, because
1: uh, we should—we have to do a whole, a whole fucking episode on that. How many episodes? We have a lot that of episodes coming your way, strapping. But bad new days. <laughs> Anyway, well, thank you it's everyone for listening. It's hard to close. Listening. It's hard
2: to end these podcasts, y'all. Bye-bye. Thanks,
1: everyone, for listening. Uh,
2: hope, hope we
1: live to the next one. <laughs> stay. No, but, stay, but like, stay safe out there. Thank you for listening. I really,
2: I mean that. Please stay safe. We're thinking of you.
1: So funny, I love you.